Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to our golf conversation. Rob and I were still arguing about it during the break. Rob was very, very offended about my stance towards golf. Coming up in, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, we'll talk about MVS and MVS's release from the Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> McCall Hardman. I'm not mad at you. I can't even say that I'm disappointed at McCall Hardman. I just don't know why you went on a podcast today and snitched on yourself and potentially hurt your own chances at going back to the team that you want to play for. So for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, McCole Harmon went on the show, The Pivot. Really good show. I like The Pivot. Shannon Crowder, Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor. They do like a sit down, guys talk podcast. It's good, right? McCole Hardman was talking about his transition from the Jets back to the Chiefs, and he said this. Tell you right, I'm, I was so checked out. Like, <laughs> it's over. I already talked to Visa, Pat. Like, hey, bro, come get me, bro. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are we talking about? Like, man, come get me. Like. McCole, my friend, you can't do that. What you described is not allowed in the NFL. It could get the Chiefs in trouble. You maybe shouldn't have said that. I get it. You're on the podcast. You're around the fellas. It's normally a real comfortable environment. You're excited. You know, you're excited. You're getting asked to do things that they've never asked you to do. And it's a really fun time. What you described is illegal in an NFL sense. It's not allowed in an NFL sense. The general manager of, a, of another team cannot talk to you while you are under contract and employed for another team. I just wouldn't have said that. I just don't think that was a very good idea, McColl. Now, we'll see what the NFL does. Believe me, the NFL, they're going to do an investigation. They kind of have to. And if you're the Jets, I'd be very upset, and I'd ask for an investigation. You can't do that. It just wasn't smart, McColl. It just wasn't smart. So the next time you plan on going on a podcast, you know what? I would just be a little bit more careful about what you say. And the fact that there are cameras and they are going to release that audio and people are going to listen to it and people are going to hear it. 
And you actually said a lot of really good stuff on here. You talked about the Travis Kelsey speech. You guys heard about the speech, the speech right before the Super Bowl. And he went up there and he was real passionate about winning this Super Bowl. You could sense it with Travis Kelsey, how much passion he has for trying to help the Chiefs win. He also said this, that is making the rounds. And I thought McColl gave a very good answer of what went wrong with the Jets. Everybody do what they want to do. Defense have a more of a stabilized standard with that, with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a standard, but the offense is just like, all right, we'll just figure it out. It's Aaron show. Let Aaron do what Aaron do, you know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like, we don't know what to do. But this is that like same coach that just was out of a job the previous year and then average to get a new job. I know for a fact I'm better than him for sure. Like I ain't trying to, you know where I know I'm better than him, I'm better than him too. Garrett Wilson, the only person y'all should just be like, hey. So I have no problem with y'all putting it around Garrett Wilson for sure. I don't I don't care. Like that's fine. But when you come to certain other things, like, come on, like, I don't understand why I'm not in the rotation with that. And y'all never gave me a reason as to why either. This this my thing was. Y'all can't tell me about winning. I've been to four Super Bowls in five years. You know what I'm saying? Now, you feel me? But beforehand, I've told I've been to four AFC championships. I've been to three Super Bowls. I've won two of them. Like, I know what winning looks like. I know what winning is. So y'all keep telling me certain things. It's like, I'm not going for that. Like, because y'all not doing it right. Like, we got hammers on the ground. We don't got no discipline. People feel like it's too many individual egos in this locker room or whatever. And I'm telling them, like, that's not going to get y'all to win. I'm a big believer that teams take on the personality of their leaders. And at least when it comes to the Chiefs, it is very obvious who the leaders are. Andy Reid is a leader. Patrick Mahomes is a leader. Travis Kelsey is a leader. And when he talks about the helmets on the sideline, that might not mean anything to you, but it's about keeping your workspace clean and looking out for guys' safeties. You're walking on the sideline. You don't see it. You trip over a helmet. Something happens. Hey, it's just attention to detail and doing the little things and things that Andy Reid, who has done this for a long time, knows and understands and highlights, kind of like in training camp, we're going to go over, we know we're making the postseason, so we're going to prepare ourselves early on for any possible scenario that could happen in the postseason. And I also think that this is an indictment on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we've kind of known this about Aaron for quite some time. Like, I don't think McColl is lying about any of this. I don't think he was lying about talking to the Kansas City Chiefs while he was under contract with the New York Jets, which is tampering. I also don't think he's lying about the tone around the New York Jets. All of it was about Aaron Rodgers. And once they lost Aaron Rodgers, they did not have a direction as an organization of what they should be doing. And I do think we've seen this with the Jets, and I think we saw this towards the end with the Packers, that Aaron's personality, teams are willing to do whatever to make him happy because they know how much of a disruption that he can be in your locker room. So they give him a lot of leeway, a lot of leash to do what he wants to do in your organization. And if you're McColl and you come from a place where you played with a quarterback who's better than Aaron Rodgers – and you've played in big-time games, like he said, you know what it's supposed to look like and feel like. You saw it every single day. And you don't have to be Travis Kelsey to understand those things. You've been around it. You saw it. If you were at a really successful company, 
and then something happened and now you left your job. Hey, man, I, don't, I know we're not supposed to be doing that. Hey, this is wrong. This is incorrect. This is not the way that we are supposed to do things here. And maybe people on that job listen to you or maybe you got a lot of pushback and you were the one sitting there like, hold on. Hey, wait. That's not correct. I know, hey, I was at a Fortune 500 company. I know what it's supposed to look like. I know what we're supposed to be doing. And I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. And they told you that you were wrong. Okay. That's what I think McColl is describing. I think McColl was really good on the pivot. I think McColl is a really interesting character. I would just advise him when it comes down to these podcasts, hey, some stories you don't got to (laughs) tell. And the story of I was going to the quarterback on another team, the tight end on another team, and the general manager on another team, I would just keep those stories maybe for myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the same level of punishment the Chiefs got for Macklin's level of tampering, but I imagine the NFL is going to do an investigation in some form or fashion. And people on text line saying, oh, the Chiefs can just have plausible deniability. The NFL investigations are more than just did this happen, yes or no. Like, do I think the Chiefs get hit with a tampering charge? Probably not, but... Don't even open up the possibility if you're McCall Hardman. As far as the Jet stuff, it's interesting to hear McCall Hardman say that because I felt like we all kind of knew that, but no one was saying it. Like Aaron Rodgers never went on IR because he didn't want to go on IR. We heard reports that, you know, the team won him on IR, but he was like, no, I want to be able to come back if I want to. That's weird. Have you ever heard a situation where a player says, I'm not going on IR? He was warming up before games when he wasn't even on the active roster. Have you ever heard of seeing that before? Not really. That's not commonplace. Remember that story during the season that Robert Sala asked Zach Wilson if he wants to be the starter again, and Zach's like, nope, I'm good. No, thank you. Like, There were lots of little leaks that proved the Jets were just poorly run, and the McColl-Hardman conversation is just the latest one. It tells me one thing. Fade the Jets when it's time to make season-long bets because that's Aaron Rodgers' team, and everyone else has to fall in line, and Aaron Rodgers is concerned with Aaron Rodgers. He's not concerned with winning football. Yeah, I'm just – I think we've seen enough examples of it that – Things are going to go wrong over the course of whatever you're doing, right? Like things are going to go wrong over the course of a football season. An injury is going to happen, a miscommunication. You got a lot of personalities, a lot of egos, a lot of testosterone in one environment. Things are going to go wrong. How do you handle it? How do you manage it? How do you keep everything in-house? And I think what we've learned about the Chiefs over the last five, six years is They do a really good job of resolving their conflicts inside. They do a really good job of doing that. I also think they do a really good job of setting a tone in. This is how we do things here. And if you are not willing to fall in line, then we don't want you here. And it's also identifying the people early on that you think are a good fit for your chemistry and what you already have going on. And I think the Chiefs deserve a lot of credit for that, as most winning organizations and companies do. And I think you also see why the Jets have been in such upheaval over the last couple of years and why they've really, really struggled. Coming up on the other side, you know, Rob, let's get back to this golf topic because it's got the text line going crazy. We'll finish it coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deepasquale Moore. Car wreck? 
Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Kansas City, it's Brett Veach. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right. We're going to take a little bit of a detour, but you know what? I'm happy to do so. Someone on the text line says, Carrington, I've been a defender of yours for eight years, but hearing you talk about golf being easy, I've been a chump to back that horse. Other people on the text line, very angry with my comments about golf. You know what? Let's, let's hash this conversation out on my feelings that people have about golf. I don't think that golf is easy. But I don't think that being a pro at many things is easy to do. I think we give being good at golf a little bit too much credit because so many people try to be good at it and are not good at it. And that's like most things. For example, I bet a lot of you know someone who has a podcast. It's not that hard to start a podcast. It's very, very easy to have a podcast. How many people do you know make money off of their podcast? How many people do you know make enough money to support themselves off of a podcast? Really, really hard to do. Having a podcast is not that difficult. Being a pro podcaster is a really, really hard thing to do. So I am not saying that tomorrow you can go be a professional golfer. No, I'm not saying that. Not at all. I don't think you can do that. Not at all. I don't think that. Just like tomorrow, I don't think you can be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try. No, you're probably not going to succeed. All of us know somebody who was really, really good at basketball, right? Really, really good. One of my friends, one of my best friends was first team Conference USA in basketball. Never played a second in the NBA. It's really, really hard to be a professional at these things. So again, I, I do not think that golf is easy. I don't think that tomorrow you can just wake up and be in the Masters. No, I don't think that. But I do think, like most things, if you practice enough at it, you can be all right. You can be fine, right? You can be decent at golf. You probably won't make money off of it, but yeah, you'll be fine at it. Where are you at on this, Rob? I think I think you're way, way off base here. I think golf is extremely difficult. And one of the reasons it is so difficult is because people who play their whole life and even enter their athletic prime do not play it well. 
it is a very, very difficult game to master. Now, if you want to say, hey, Rob, golf is more of a skill than a pure sport, I will listen to that conversation. But it is absolutely one of the more difficult things. I can show you YouTube video on YouTube video. I can show you pros. There's tons and tons of content out there of people who are supposedly great at golf, and they still have long stretches where they stink because the sport is extremely difficult. And I would say even the best of the best don't truly master it because eventually the sport catches up and gets past them. That is not really how it works other sports. Yeah, but I guess I, that maybe that's where we're different. Like someone on the text line says, CDOT, you're proving the point that golf is harder. There are 52, 53 spots on a roster times 32 that make money off football. There's about 30 or 60 golfers that make what they can make. Well, if we're just using that argument, then couldn't I argue that it's harder to play point guard in the NBA than harder to play quarterback in the NFL? Like, there's more people that play quarterback in the NFL than play point guard in the NBA. And I would never tell you that it's harder to play point guard. It's obviously harder to play quarterback than it is to play point guard in those. Like, if we're going off the numbers, okay, sure. Like, but what are we, what is the determination of being good at golf? Is it being a pro golfer? Is that the determination that we're having? Or is it, hey, I, I can hold my own at golf. What are we using as the baseline, Rob? Is somebody that plays golf? Are we saying you just got to be a pro at golfer? What if you're somebody that was really good at golf? You got a scholarship to go play golf somewhere, and that is high, hard as golf, as high as golf takes you. I would say that you were good at golf if that's the case. I'm sure you know somebody like that. You went to Kansas. You know somebody that was good enough to play golf at Kansas, but was not good enough to make the PGA Tour. Is that guy good at golf? I'm gonna say you're at the. I would say a. Collegiate golfer, yes, is good at golf, but that is a very small faction. Like, I'll use Dusty. Dusty's better than me. Dusty golfs, like, in the summer three, four times a week, and I've seen him break 80. Dusty would tell you he is not a good golfer. His handicap is probably still in the teens. By no metric is he good, but he's just a guy who is better than a lot of the average people. Russo on that cut, I pulled it out because who cares, said he's a two handicap. That's really good, mm-hmm. but that still means he's over par. Is par the goal of good? I don't know what determines good. I don't think that's what I think that's what makes golf so difficult is that it's always a moving target of what is or isn't good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Someone on the text line says, not talking about pro golfers, average average is seventy two. A good golfer shoots around eighty. Average golfers shoot around ninety five. See Doc, I'd be shocked if you could break two hundred. Do you agree with this, Rob? Do you agree that a good golfer shoots 80? I'm not yes. saying I could go out there yes. and shoot 80. I would say that's probably, you're probably like, what's a, that? What, what's that in handicap term? Probably like a, in between a five or a 15 is kind of the window. That's, you know, depending on course, there's some difficulty stuff, but yeah, that's probably. That's okay. Probably let me good. ask you this then. I'm, I'm asking questions legitimately. How many people do you know that could do that then? Handful? Maybe, maybe consistently handful. I've seen guys do it like, hey, you just got dipped in it that day. Everything came together, then coalesced. But to put it together multiple times in a row, handful. I just think that at least in this conversation, good is really relative. And I think because golf is so widespread and so many people do it casually that we kind of skirt the rules. Like, I don't think that shooting a basketball is hard, right? I think shooting a basketball is kind of easy. What would you and I determine would make you a good shooter? Because I would say... You kind of got to shoot around in college. You got to shoot around 45% from three for me to even begin to entertain the idea of you being a good shooter. I just think good is kind of relative, at least in this sense. 
And I think I just I will always think that we put a lot put a lot of sauce on golf because so many people try to do it. I think I mean both things can be true at the same time. We might be over saucing golf, but I still think you're undervaluing the difficulty it is to play golf. Like one of the things about golf being so difficult is it's in, it's so much a mental game and it breaks a lot of people mentally. That's no, why I've Tiger definitely was, seen that before. That's why Tiger was so great is that he was just mentally stronger than everyone. But like when it's bad, it's real bad and it breaks you mentally those days. Someone on the text line says, see that my dad has been golfing for 30 years and he's only broken 80 one time. I mean, I would have quit a long time ago if that was the case. One time. Is that common? Have you ever broken 80 before, Rob? I've never broken 80. Never. never On no course. Never broken 80. I've broken. There's, you're telling me right now there's no course in Kansas City that if we went out there, you don't think that you would shoot a 79 on any course in Kansas City? I, it's possible, but I don't know that I can just walk out there and be a 79. I've been close a couple of times. My best round ever is 82. I was very happy with that 82, but I've never broken 80. Hmm. Interesting. I'm learning something about golf here today. Your best rounds at 82? Your yeah. best golf, you were 10 over? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it was a par 70 I mean, Maybe course. we're learning you just might not be very good at golf. I've never said I'm good okay, at golf. Okay, I'm just saying. I, I, I love golfing. I'm I not a good golfer. I thought with the amount of golf you told me you played, I thought that you were good. I was assuming a lot here. You just, you're very average at golf. Extremely average. Okay, I, you know, hey, you, you accept your average at it. Not, I, I'm, I'm not mad at that. Every time I play golf, I get paired with some strangers. I tell them, hey, the goal is bogey golf today. If I walk away 18 over, I'm not going to be upset with that at all. Okay. So on the text line says, CDOT, you see very athletic people in other sports go play golf and stink more mental than other sports. I mean, I've also seen some of the best football athletes in my world can't shoot a basketball. I don't know if that's the Best thing. I also think we've seen really good athletes in other sports can't swing a baseball bat or though. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's maybe the best barometer. I mean, if, like I said earlier, if you were to tell me, Hey, golf, not a sport, it's a skill because it is a honed craft. Like it is just swinging a golf club and consistently and making great contact and doing it well is a skill. I don't think I'd argue with you like, Oh yeah, it is a skill, but it is an incredibly difficult thing to master. Yeah, I also think in this, and someone on the text line says this, CDOT, the good players play three to five times a week year-round. Playing every weekend won't make you a good player unless you're blessed. I do think that. I think some of what makes golf so hard for the average person is how frequently you do it, right? You probably play golf on, like, let's say in a monthly average. How often do you play golf? Maybe six to eight hours a week or a month? Oh, no, in the, like, a week? I'm probably four to five a week. I only get out there once, once a weekend in the summer. So that's a a round is four hours. I mean, that, I mean, that also explains why you've, I mean, I I don't say this like in a derogatory way, explains why you've kind of hit a ceiling in some regard based on your skill level. And that in order to break past that skill level, you need to play more golf. Like anything, you need to practice it more. We're getting to the bottom of golf. But here. even people I'm who, solving golf, even people who practice all the time don't break. Their, they never break 80. Some never, some people, it never happens just out there all the whole time. Just mad hitting in the water. Like the guys who give the instructions, give the lessons on the, on the course. Sometimes like you go to a course and you see some guy giving a lesson on the range. That guy's best round may still be a 76, which is four over what's considered par. Yeah, no, I, I've learned a lot here. Someone said, CDOT, if everyone's telling you something, there's probably a lot of truth in it. Oh, well, 
I don't know about that either. A lot of you believe that Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in an NBA game. I don't believe that either. So I'm happy we had this conversation about golf. I learned a lot over the course of the last 10 minutes. And you know what? That's what this show should be about. I maybe have a little appreciation for how hard golf really is. I still don't think it's harder than some of these other sports, but I did leave this with a, a, a greater understanding of how hard it is to really be good at golf. I did learn that today. So you know what? Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys for taking the time to inform me about this. For those of you that missed it, this is why we're talking about this. Number five, football. Physicality, the speed, the agility, the quickness, how fast the game is. You have to want to be hit. That is a very difficult thing to overcome. Number Give four. it to me. What? Thank you. This is an impossible sport to play because it's a, it requires finesse and ability to skate and all those things. Don't laugh. Curling. I don't even know what that is. Oh. Mad Dog, I don't even know what that is. Oh, my God. That's when you play. Oh what Olympics? even is that? It's, no. like, it's, it's shuffleboard no. on ice. Number three. This is going to be awkward for you when America hears you lied. Tennis is an impossible sport to play. The physicality, the bending, big gumby, backhands, forehands, serve, running around, in the heat, in the heat. heat. You don't see anybody out of shape playing tennis. Number two, (sighs) golf. Golf's impossible. You know how hard it is to play golf? All the components, driving, sand wedge, Putting, short game, iron play, three woods off the deck. And it is, listen, it's a skill more than a sport. There is nothing harder than hitting a golf ball. And there is nothing harder than scoring well on a championship golf course. I know better than anybody, and I'm a two handicap. And then finally, number one, hitting a baseball. Hitting a baseball with the hand-eye coordination Mm. is by far. The most difficult thing to do. That's why we were talking about this when it came to golf. Now, the curling thing, I am happy that you and I got to be on the same page. And just, you know what? We're not even going to address the curling thing because of how ridiculous it is. Uh, Someone on the text line says, CDOT, are you pulling a Felsco with your Wilt Chamberlain 100-point take? I'm not allowed a conspiracy theory the way everybody else is. We all have a conspiracy theory. I don't believe that Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in an NBA game. It just doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Everything about it sounds made up, honestly. I don't even acknowledge it as the highest. No, Kobe's 81 is the most points ever scored in the NBA game. I don't even acknowledge the Will Chamberlain 100. It just seems made up. All of it, everything about it seems made up to me. Will Chamberlain was a career 71%, and now he's just he's making all the free throws in the world. Just not, nothing about it makes sense. It was the highest scoring NBA game. It just No, I don't believe it. I think it's made up. It's fiction. Fan fiction is what I think the Will Chamberlain story is. I'm allowed my conspiracy theory just like you are. I'm not going to give you some more, but they're a lot more PG and maybe a lot more serious than that. That's just a nice one. All right, we'll get back to very serious things coming up on the other side. We'll get back to talking about the Chiefs and their downtown, or not not the downtown stadium, the downtown stadium for the Royals and Arrowhead. We'll do that. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. 
Let's get back to talking about the top story today. The Kansas City Chiefs unveiled their plan. I thought the plan was fine. I know that I'm supposed to come in here with some hot take and tell you how I think the plan's the greatest or that the plan stinks. I don't think either of those things. I think the Chiefs' plan is fine. I understand the limitations if you are renovating a stadium as opposed to building a completely new stadium. I get the differences. The Royals are building a brand new stadium from scratch, state of the art. The Royals could possibly have the best stadium in Major League Baseball. The Chiefs have an iconic and historic stadium. They want to preserve that structure. And they're going to make some much-needed upgrades and additions to it. That's fine. I don't necessarily have the problem with that. And I, like many of you, I want them to keep Arrowhead. I don't want them to leave the Truman Sports Complex. I think that's the best place for them. Now, I'm not against them just building a completely new football stadium and doing what the Yankees did, how they had old Yankee Stadium and they built a brand new Yankee stadium, but I a hundred percent understand why they want to keep Arrowhead and why they want to pump money into it. I guess where my disappointment comes from as a Jackson County voter and Jackson County resident is I thought I would be a little bit more wowed by their plan of what they're going to do with all the additional space now with no Royals sharing the complex with them that there were probably some limitations that let's say you really wanted to do something. If you were Clark Hunt and you kind of had your vision on something for the last five, 10 years. And I'm sure one day you were just laying there. You know how it is when you can't go to sleep and you're just thinking, you're thinking about your life and your job and your career. And I'm sure at one point he was thinking, man, you know what? If I got the opportunity to build where the Royals are, I would do this and I would do this. And you were having meetings and conversations with people. I thought today I would at least be wowed by what their plan was for where Kauffman stadium is. And that's just not the vibe that I got today. It's fine. I don't really have a lot of overwhelmingly great things to say about what happened today. I also don't have anything bad to say about it. I think the Chiefs, if your goal was to update the software, so to speak, at Arrowhead, and you wanted to make it a little more convenient to go to Chiefs games, I think they accomplished that today. I think they made it better for you if you sit up in the 300 levels, and when it's cold outside, they put a couple more heaters up there. I think that's a worthwhile improvement. I think if you spend big money with the Chiefs, you got to be thrilled about what they announced today. Oh, it is going to be a complete Taylor Swift. Hey, if you enjoyed going to Chiefs games before, wait until you go to the football games at the new stadium. It's going to be incredible for people like you. I do think a majority of the improvements to Arrowhead were much more for the VIP members, so to speak, than Gen Pop. And if you just got a GA ticket or just a regular standard ticket, I don't know if you were getting the full benefits of the improvements to Arrowhead, but if it was important for you to, for them to stay in Jackson County, if it was important for them not to do something radical to Arrowhead and continue to maintain the same environment, the same atmosphere of what they've had, I think they accomplished that tenfold today. I just wanted a little bit more sizzle. I wanted a little bit more pop 
on what their plan is long-term with the Truman Sports Complex, and I don't think I got that today. You're a Jackson County voter, so I think you're the right person to ask. And maybe it's just everyone's so tainted by the on-the-field product that it's an impossible question to answer. But do you think the Chiefs did a better job than the Royals of showing, hey, here's what your money is going to? Because the Royals explained in detail, in full, hey, if you give us this tax money, we are doing the following things. And by doing the following things, we are improving the community. We are improving the county. It is a group effort. They kept seeing, using the term, we're going to be good neighbors. They're going to build that bridge to T-Mobile Center. They're going to build a hotel. They're going to, they're going to do all of these things. Meanwhile, the Chiefs said, we're going to take your tax money and we're going to, you know, make Arrowhead a little better. Why do you think the fan reaction is, hey, the Chiefs, that's a cool new stadium. Meanwhile, the Royals are, I don't want to pay for that because the Royals seem to be showing a community involvement and an excitement and a wow factor, but they're not getting the reciprocation from the Jackson County voter. I think the analogy would be sometimes there are some of your friends that can make a certain joke. There's some that can't. I think the Chiefs and the Royals are asking the exact same of the public. Now, there are some differences. The Royals are trying to move to a community, and the Chiefs are not. But in terms of the financial, you want to pay for things, they are asking the exact same. I think the Royals' plan is far more above and beyond than what the Chiefs' plan is. The vibe that I got from the Chiefs' plan is this sales tax is going to be extended for the sports teams in Jackson County. Oh, wait, we're one of the sports teams in Jackson County. So we're about to get an influx of money that, or not influx, but we're going to continue to get this money. We got to give them something. That's what they did. They're giving you something. They're putting some new bathrooms in there. They're putting some new concession stands. They are not doing anything that is aside from what you would presume a normal stadium renovation would be. Let me, let me, this, this is what every team did. Right now, if every team said, we want $500 million to renovate our stadium, they would do exactly what the Chiefs are doing if they're not planning on moving to a new stadium. They're going to make the lines shorter. They're going to make the lines faster. They're going to make the bathrooms nicer. They're going to make the concourse a little nicer. These are standard renovation things. That again, I'm not saying they are bad. I don't really have many issues with their plan for Arrowhead. My, I guess my frustration is today was the day I thought, I thought they were going to announce their plan for the area, for the district, for the complex. I was not excited about their plan for the complex. You making improvements to the training facility does nothing for the game day experience. What are you going to do outside the stadium to improve? Hey, the moment that you pay your $60 to come to a Chiefs game, you pay to park, is, how are you improving that? I didn't hear a lot of significant improvements today, at least not proposed. Let me, let me rephrase it. I may not ask as a question. I think the Royals went out of their way to explain how what they are going to do with this extension of the sales tax not only benefits them, because obviously getting a new stadium benefits them, they went above and beyond to try to explain how it benefits everyone. 
The crossroads continues to get revitalized. We now have a bridge that leads to the stadium and power and light entertainment district. We have all this parking around. It's going to continue to bolster the area. Another hotel, another event space. It is going to make Jackson County better. The Chiefs today said, this is going to help us. Because I would say the Chiefs plan does not benefit Jackson County other than the Chiefs are staying. Because the events they put on out there help the Chiefs. But there was no roof for a Super Bowl or a Final Four. There was no small concert venue next door where they could be like, hey, we can't get Taylor Swift at Arrowhead, but at, you know, Kingdom Grill or whatever, we can get BB Rexa or whoever. There was none of that. There was none of the, hey, we're going to improve the practice facility to have training camp here. That didn't happen today. There were no hotels, shops, bars, nothing. The Chiefs' plan was, we're going to take your money and we're going to make our stuff better the Royals were we're going to take your money make our stuff better but also by making our stuff better we're going to improve the county the Chiefs did not seem to sell any connection to how the county improved the county money text line 913-586-7610 seat out I think both owners want the vote to fail I think Sherman needs a no vote from Jackson County to go do what he really wants with his North Kansas City or Johnson County and I think Clark wants all of the Jackson County money I could just not be more firmly on the other side of this text. John Sherman from day one has communicated that he wants the stadium in downtown Kansas City. At every single turn, he has communicated they want the stadium in downtown Kansas City. I think that's his goal. I think that the North Kansas City and the Johnson County is a plan B. And if the vote on April 2nd fails, the Royals are not staying in Jackson County. They are moving. I don't think that the Chiefs wanted to fail either. And I guess maybe where I am maybe most in disagreement with the text line on this issue is, and it's I understand it's just a small minority of people, where I may be on the other side is, I don't think that there is a vote number two for the Chiefs coming if this thing fails. And a lot of people on the text line just seem to have a belief Hey, if this doesn't fail for the Chiefs, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's a really big deal if it fails. The Chiefs, I think, have been pretty steadfast on we are not building a new stadium, at least not in Jackson County. Our number one goal, our number one intention is to renovate Arrowhead. They are telling you their plan on renovating Arrowhead, at least at this time. Now, Maybe they get this renovation 20, 25 years from now passes. We are having a completely different conversation because then at that point, Arrowhead's what, 70 years old, 80 years old? Then maybe they're having a conversation about it. But I at least firmly believe that the vote on April 2nd is a vote on if you want the teams to remain in Jackson County. I do not believe that the vote is well, the Royals are going to move, and then in six months, the Chiefs are going to really give us their plan, and then that's the one we can really vote on. I just don't believe that, and I am surprised how many people have texted that in that they really believe this, and I, I, I've been saying this. Just give me some examples of other American cities that this has happened, that the public has voted no on something, and then the team turned around and then just redid the same vote, and then the community voted yes on this. A lot of times they go looking. And if you thought that the Kansas rumor and smoke, because you remember they tried it for a little bit. It was real quick. Mark Donovan did it. If you think them dangling the Kansas carrot in front of you was a small thing, 
if this thing is no, I'm telling you it will be the number one story. It is not going to be that the Royals, or excuse me, that the Chiefs are going back to the drawing board and trying to figure out what a new plan is. They will have renderings of a Johnson County Stadium at that point. And he said they didn't have a plan B. Don't worry. They will get a call from the governor of Kansas almost instantly, and they will have a financial package that is significantly better than the one in Jackson County to try to lure the team over there because of the massive benefit of having the team in your areas. Now, that's something me and you are in lockstep on. I, I've seen on the text line, I, I've texted some people back and pushed back on it. It's not worth fighting every fight. I do not believe the Royals and Chiefs are going to have this vote on April 2nd. And if the no happens, the Chiefs are going to be like, no harm, no foul. We'll try again without the Royals. See you later, alligator. I think if the vote is a no, you're going to see two things happen. One, Clay County conversation is going to heat up back to where it was pre the Jackson County thing. Remember the mayor of North KC just kept popping off and everyone had the location. I think that will be number one that happens. Number two is I think you're going to see lots of Kansas renderings. I think you're going to see two different counties in Kansas send renderings. I think you'll see a Johnson and Wyandotte County rendering, and it is going to be, Hey, look at the financial benefit Kansas has. It is easier on the chiefs. Clark hunt and co will have a decision. Do we stay here? A county that's voted against our renovations or go somewhere where there's a better deal, which would be Kansas. Me and you agree here. The Chiefs are not getting a no and then doing their own thing, venturing out of their own to get a yes. That's not happening. I'm reading it right now. This renovation is dumb. The Chiefs are prime. We need a new stadium. I don't care where it is. I don't think that the renovation is dumb. Like I, I, I don't think that. I believe Clark. I believe Clark's number one preference is to stay exactly where they are. And I also just think, hey, it's time now for you to chip back in and keeping this thing exactly where it is that the people of Kansas City, the people that attend talk about how much they love the experience of being at Arrowhead. Well, there is a cost attached to it. It is a three eighths of a cent sales tax. And if you love the game day environment at Arrowhead, they are giving you a tax that will keep exactly what you love. Here is here is the cover charge to get into the club. Here's the cover. It's three-eighths of a cent sales tax, and we are happy to throw in a little bit of money, but a majority of this money, just it's going to be $800 million for the renovation. We're going to chip in our $300. we are going to chip in our part. I mean, we're going to do something. We're not going to let you do all the work there. We're going to chip in a little bit, but this is the cover charge to keeping the stadium exactly where it is and keeping the best game day environment in the NFL intact. How much is that worth to you? That's what I think the Chiefs came out and said today. So I want to be clear at least where my stance is on what the Chiefs announced today. I think it is fine. I don't think that it is. It was not a knockout of the park. It was not a home run. Any of those. It was none of those things. I think it was fine. It is what you do to renovate a stadium. Rob, you're a KU fan. When they announced renovations, it was better Wi-Fi, better air conditioning, better concession stands. This is what renovations for stadiums look like. But you were never going to drastically change Allen Fieldhouse. That, that's, you don't want it to be drastically different if you're a KU fan. I want it to remain familiar. I think they gave you a familiar option. That's not my issue. My issue is across the street. And I thought at least today they were going to give us a, oh, my. I thought they were going to give you a, wow, that's a really, really good idea. They're really creating the Chiefs kingdom. I didn't get that today from them. And I... I'm a little bit disappointed as a Jackson County voter with their plan today. That's a 
That's a fantastic analogy. And I'll I'll take it and go further because obviously people know KU is renovating both Allen Fieldhouse and their football stadium. The football stadium renovation renderings were the wow factor. They were the, oh, you're totally overhauling. This is awesome. What a big moment. Allen Fieldhouse was, yeah, we're you're going to get Wi-Fi. You might be able to sports bet better. We might give you a bar. But mostly it's not going to be so hot and you'll get wider concourses. And KU fans were elated by both. I think where it's different for the Chiefs and Royals is the Chiefs did the Allen Fieldhouse thing. Hey, we're improving everything. You're welcome. The Royals did the Memorial Stadium thing. Hey, here's the wow factor. The difference is KU fans looked at both projects and said, we love both, no notes. Jackson County voters, or at least Chiefs and Royals fans on the text line, maybe that's a better way to say it, looked at both the Royals and Chiefs plan and went, Chiefs, perfect, no notes. Royals, boo, hiss, we're not paying for a billionaire stadium. We hate it. We hate this, that, and the other. The thing that was the obvious bigger wow factor got a bigger negative reaction, which is where I think it's different than the KU renovations compared to the Chiefs and Royals. Coming up at the top of the hour, I do want to talk about Chief Saholic and Chief Saholic has pled guilty. Sound like he going to jail for he going to jail for a little bit. You know, he going he going to jail for a while. He ain't getting out no time soon, Chief Saholic, which is um probably the best for everybody. We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. Rob, we didn't talk about this yesterday. We have a little bit of time left. So, you know what? There's three minutes for me to get this takeoff. I'm disappointed in LeBron James. I'm disappointed in LeBron for this reason. So I, I don't know if you saw this or not. His son has been taken off of the mock drafts. I don't know how they had his son as a lottery pick before the season. That seemed pretty ambitious. But his son is now off the first round. His son is off the second round, and it makes a lot of sense. He has not had a great freshman year for a lot of different reasons. This is where I think LeBron is trying to play both ends against the middle. You can't openly talk about your son as an NBA prospect the way that he has and then be mad when we talk about your son as an NBA prospect. I went back and I watched this interview a couple uh, days ago where LeBron was sitting there and the interviewer, I can't remember who it was, asked him and his wife, what's your goal for your son? Savannah, his wife, gave a, a standard, typical mom answer. I want to be happy and healthy and whatever he does. LeBron says, I want him to go to the NBA. He then did a cover with both of his sons and talked about, hey, I'd love to play in the NBA against both of them. I think that me and Bronny could be a Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. kind of thing. You remember when the All-Star game was in Cleveland, he talked about how he wanted to play with his son. Earlier this basketball season, when he was at USC, he tweeted that Bronny was better than guys already in the league. He also said that he thought LeBron James Jr. could play right now for the Los Angeles Lakers. You can't do all of those things, and then the moment that we start to talk about him as an NBA prospect, then play the, oh, well, he's a kid, let him be a kid. Nah, man, you got to pick which one you want it to be. And part of the reason why we talk about your son in the way that we do is because of you. I'm not questioning your parenting or any of those things, but you have discussed your son as an NBA prospect, so I just don't know how you expect us to talk about him. He's an NBA prospect. He's not a great one. That's not saying he can't be. He's a freshman. He's a 6'3 point guard that isn't super athletic and is shooting 32%. Maybe he develops, continues to work on his game. He had a health incident, a health scare. I'm not saying LeBron James Jr. can't be a good basketball player. He obviously can. He is a 18-year-old. 
But I think LeBron is trying to play both sides where you can't say you compared him to Ken Griffey Jr. You can't do that and then be mad when mock drafts discuss him as an NBA prospect. Coming up at the top of the hour, let's talk about Chiefsaholic, who is going away for a long time. Keep it right here, Sidra. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.